Hello, this is Maurice Harker. For almost 20 years, we've been building a team of hundreds of clinicians, coaches, mentors, and people just like you who have discovered and love to teach life-changing principles. Our coaches have made a special investment to make sure you can hear these messages. You will hear stories of triumphant healing from specialists and people having a real life just like you. We hope to increase your awareness that you are not alone and there are so many others who are enlisted in this work to train and heal the whole family. You will find these principles are an amazing synergy of the most accurate cutting-edge science with familiar gospel principles. We are passionate eternal warriors and we hope you will join us. Welcome to the Like Dragons Do They Fight podcast. Today we have Markel Brown and Kelly Webster and myself, Rosalind Geertsen. And we have a beautiful subject to start December with. We're talking about how Jesus Christ is our captain and our trainer and the very best mentor and life coach that we can have. And I want to just invite Kelly, would you start us out with how, how have you seen Jesus Christ as your trainer, your mentor, your life coach? Well, I have absolutely loved doing these come follow me lessons because as I've been studying the scriptures, I've seen more and more how the Savior is teaching me and helping me to understand how to become more like him and how to be more happy and joyful in my life because I'm trying to be more like him. But I just wanted to start with just a a couple of things that we've taught in our life-changing service classes and our mothers who know classes and something that the Savior, just by his example, in Matthew 4, 2, he, he's been on the mountain and been fasting for 40 days, 40 nights, and that's when the adversary comes to tempt him. And and when, so I'm going to start with verse three, I'm going to go ahead and read it. And when the tempter came to him, he said, if thou be the son of God, command these stones be made bread. But he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Then the devil taking him up to the holy city and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple and saith unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou shalt dash thy foot against a stone. And Jesus said unto him, It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Again the devil taketh him up unto an exceeding high mountain, and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world, and the glory of them. Again the devil, oh, and saith unto him, All these things will I give thee, if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Then saith Jesus unto him, Give thee hence, Satan, for it is written that thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. And I love this, this example that the Savior gives us. He never allows Satan to get the upper hand. He always rebukes him with the truth and and we talk about our truth tool all the time when we're hearing satan's lies when he's tempting us with things or making us feel less than what we are i just look to the savior he doesn't put up with that bullying hey i'm going to tell you the truth and then i'm going to kick you out i love 
I love that about the Savior. He doesn't put up with it. And and that's been one of the most helpful things for me when I recognized, oh, wait a minute, the Savior does that too. He he gives the the truth. He states the truth. And then he kicks Satan out. I love that. So that's that's one of the the first things that I love about the Savior's example to me. That is so powerful. I love that you brought up that he, it's his example that makes him such a good mentor and trainer because we can look to his life and see how we could react and respond to the things that we're faced with. I love that. Markel, are you where you can join in? Yes. And I I love what you shared, Kelly, that he really, Christ always, you know, stood in, in his truth, he proclaimed truth. And I have been thinking about Elder Anderson's conference talk from April 22, following Jesus and being a peacemaker. And he says in there and asks a question, how does a peacemaker calm and cool the fiery darts? He says, certainly not by shrinking before those who disparage us. Rather, we remain confident in our faith, sharing our beliefs with conviction, but always void of anger and malice. And then he goes on and talks about Christ and those that were unkind to him. And I was looking for the quote here. If I'm remembering correctly, he would, you know, he... He didn't give a lot of attention to those that were mocking him or, you know, talking poorly about him. He would just turn and go and teach truth and teach to those people that were willing to listen. And and that's a really good example to me that, okay, we might have a lot of opposition and conflict and people that don't, don't agree with you. And, okay, they can have their opinion. And we're going to keep the peace and we're just going to go and keep teaching to those that are willing to listen. And I think that that's a really important reminder for us. So I think I might have found the quote too. Here it is. It says, some of the attacks upon the Savior were so malicious that he said nothing. And to me, that's so profound. He said nothing. And the chief priests and scribes vehemently accused him and mocked him. But Jesus answered them nothing. There are times when being a peacemaker means that we resist the impulse to respond and instead with dignity remain quiet. And I have been reflecting upon that often and, you know, staying in alignment with my values and remembering that there are times when it is going to be the best to remain quiet so that I'm not contributing to that contention as the Savior did when he was here on the earth. So powerful. Thank you, Markel. I have been thinking about the, all the Christmas music. I love to listen to the Messiah just over and over during December. And what came to me that people like Handel was not living a peaceful time over a peaceful place. and Yet, he studied enough in the Bible to understand what the, what the Savior would bring to all of us. 
And because of that, he was ready to receive the inspiration to create that beautiful work of music that has lifted all of us for centuries. And it really, he wasn't there when Christ was born. He wasn't there to see the second coming. It's just a hopeful reminder to us that Christ will save us. And he does save us every day as we rely on the enabling power of his atonement to help us change, to help us do the hard things. And that was such a powerful thought to me that there have been people through the ages who've been inspired to create things to help us remember Christ and to look forward to Christ because he is our captain and he is our source of strength and what will save us daily and at the end of our mortal life. I love that. You know, just adding to all that's been said, one of the things that has helped me to be more Christ-like is utilizing the chemical scale. And how that's helped me to be more like Christ is I can recognize when I'm off, if I'm triggered or flashed at that level one, or if I'm heading into a mood battle, or usually I notice when I'm off, when I'm in a mood battle. And that helps me stay far away from the forget it moment. If I can discern quicker and faster at that level one, level two, with those satanic attacks, those emotions that just keep getting more and more charge and those those lies that are accompanied with that. If I can notice those quicker and faster and I can neutralize those attacks and remember who I am, remember what's true, and I can get back to zero where I have the spirit to be with me. And then I can stay within my values. I can either remain quiet to avoid conflict or sometimes you know, I'm prompted to speak truth and still doing that without having like a little edge to it or take that, you know, we want to avoid that. That is definitely not coming from the spirit. Yet, if we are in alignment with our values and we are able to speak with the spirit, always, I am emulating the savior in those ways. And as I've practiced over the years, and I'm still practicing and fine-tuning because the adversary often comes in with different tactics to throw me off, this tool is very helpful for me to notice by my chemical cues in my body or those thoughts and feelings that are arising so that I can win those battles and be like the Savior in difficult times when I'm facing challenges. Such a great reminder of tools that we have. And it makes me wonder, we don't really have, I don't know of, record of Christ talking about his feelings. You know, what it was like for him to grow as he grew up and to recognize these mortal feelings and how he learned to conquer them, to master them. But I think he's such a great example, like you said, of when we should take steps to change what's going on or when we should just be silent and i just think that was a beautiful reminder that we have tools to help us be more like him and i love the fact that a coach to me like i have i'm taking voice lessons now and my teacher is such a perfect coach because as i try to make sound 
the way that I should rather than my old habitual way, she'll always say, good, good, now try this. Good, good, now try this. Or re- Notice what you just did and remember you're going to choose differently now. It's just a very patient way of acknowledging my effort, even though it's, it's wrong <laughs> and it doesn't sound good. But she acknowledges my effort and, and then tells me what I could try to do better. And I think that's what Christ does and how Heavenly Father treats us. They acknowledge our effort. I love how President Nelson just keeps saying, the Lord loves effort. And we just keep trying. And that's what makes them such great coaches is because they love us so much. They give us the acknowledgement that we need. I, I see what you're trying to do, and then they always provide through their prophets, through the scriptures, through the Holy Ghost is spoken just to us, encouragement and instruction so that we can know how to do better. I just want to piggyback on that because that, that was actually one of the things that I really loved too. In John 8, 10, when he's with all the people who are accusing the woman caught in adultery, he says, you know, woman, where are thou, thou, thy accusers, you know? And she says, no man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, neither do I condemn thee. Go and said no more. It just reminded me what, of what you said. You know, he, he does not condemn us, but he doesn't condone the action either. He encourages us to do a little better, to, to look at what we've done and try and do better next time. I love the the thought that repentance doesn't mean that we don't fall sometimes. I love that it means that we're turning to him for our strength and our fault to overcome. That's beautiful. Do you remember that? Well, it's the song, Turning, Turning. It's such a, it's a song about turning to the Lord. And I just love that, Kelly. That thought just came to me that every time I fail at something, I don't look at it as him condemning me. I just think I'm going to turn to him again and recognize more closely how I could change. But thank you for bringing that up. I love that. And one thing that I do when I'm having challenges is I remind myself, okay, just stay focused on the Savior. Just keep doing what he's asked. Keep moving towards him, reaching out to him, and he's going to help us. The other thing that I have learned is to love without judgment. Love is the Savior loves. I've been working on that even when, you know, we really feel like somebody's our enemy or they've done harm. You know, how can I love without judgment? Knowing that the Savior is our judge. And it is through his atonement that we all can overcome our sins and challenges and mistakes and that I don't have to be the judge. and. For me, that really softens things a lot and helps me to be like him and a disciple. So, because we all know when we make a mistake, we already feel horrible, right? And so if in those moments we can hold that space, even if we're hurt and just love, love without judgment. And this quote also from Elder Anderson's talk, he says, As Jesus taught, we don't eradicate evil with more evil. We love generously and live mercifully, even towards those we think to be our enemies. And then he goes on and shares about Brown. 
And he talks about how he's a peacemaker and then gives an example of peacemakers are not passive. They are persuasive in the Savior's. And so when we are loving without judgment, we really are being persuasive in the Savior's way, acknowledging that, okay, yeah, we make mistakes. I still love you. Yeah, I'm hurt. I still love you. I know the Savior loves you. And we are holding that space so that they can regroup and get up and work towards progressing as they, as we all want to. And as, you know, those that may have wronged us, they do as well. They're just caught in a snare in that moment. Right. I love, Markel, that you brought that out. That's been one of the biggest things that has helped me in my past 10 years, recognizing that others are not my enemy, you know, <laughs> that the Savior loves all men. So I started just this year, I decided, you know what? We are being accused of being an exclusive church, an exclusive church. And so I, I've been trying really hard to focus on being inclusive. And I love the citation index. I love it because I, I can just, so I typed in the words, all men, because the Savior throughout the scriptures is always inviting all men, all people to come to him, but just the all men, I didn't do all people, but I did all men. 183 times the Savior says all men. He wants everyone to be a part of this. And I, I love that because of the things that we, we've learned and taught others about, we only have one enemy and that enemy doesn't have a body. You know, Satan's our only enemy, that it makes it much easier to be inclusive like the savior that we can that we can recognize that he loves them unconditionally but he wants them to have all the blessings that are conditional and so we need to be aware that some of these people that we normally wouldn't associate with or have contact with, or want to maybe rub shoulders with, are the very people that the Savior sought out when in his earthly ministry. I know that I have a, a much bigger opportunity to see people in a different light in Arizona than I did in Utah. I lived in a very guarded, I don't know what to say about this community, but it was a very high LDS, there was a lot. I think we were like 95% of the community was, was LDS. So I didn't have a lot of opportunity to, to see other people and the way they lived and the choices they made, you know, because we were just, we were kind of in a, a community of saints. But I'm, I'm a minority here in, in Casa Grande, Arizona. And it's, it's amazing how much now I see that the Savior is involved in their lives as much as he is in my life. And so it's, it's really been a, a wonderful thing to try and be like the Savior and to try and reach out and be inclusive to those not necessarily of, of my faith. I, I think about this passage in Mark when Jesus went and was eating at the publican's house and everyone hated publican, you know, and Jesus said, I, I come not to heal those who are whole. 
I come to help the sinners. I'm going to say this the right way. I'm going to look it up really quick. Okay, here it is. And when the scribes and Pharisees saw him eat with publicans and sinners, they said unto his disciples, how is it that he eateth and drinketh with publicans and sinners? It's like, why are you associating with these people who we consider to be unsavory? And Jesus, when he heard it, he saith unto them, they that are whole have no need of the physician, but they that are sick. I come not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. And, you know, we are all sinners. We are all in the muck and he's come to help us all and we need to help each other. And I love that about his example. He's not excluding anyone. He wants us all to come to him. Thank you, Kelly. That was beautiful. I love how in October 22 conference, Elder Uchtdorf taught about how Jesus Christ is the strength that we can turn to. He says, the very best guide you can possibly have for making choices is Jesus Christ. And he reminds that President Nelson taught us, when your greatest desire is to let God prevail in your life, many decisions become easier. And I think that goes right along with what you and Mark Hell said about looking at other people, the decision about how we see them, how we think about them, how we treat them becomes a lot easier when we realize, like Mark Hell said, we're not the judge. We are their brothers, their sisters, and we are to just love Mark Hell. Mm, I just love that. Yes. And that's the battle in the moment, right? When we're hurt, you know, we want to go to that fight, fight, freeze response in our animal brain and you know we are fighting to remember remembering that we are all brothers and sisters here striving to do our best and learn and grow and we're a team and we are on god's team and we have to pray for our enemies and and when we do that that helps us to soften our heart and see as jesus sees and we can start to see the good in people we can be there for them. And I am just grateful, you know, for Jesus's example. And, you know, he always turned to the Father and it's in and through Jesus Christ that we can return to our Heavenly Father. If we can just keep our eye single to him and his glory and remember what our our vision is for our our goal here on life to return to live with them and with our families and have that eternal joy and happiness going to help us to keep everything in perspective no matter what comes our way thank you Kelly. do you have any closing thoughts i just have one that and i actually found the scripture while markel was talking because i thought one of the things that i love about the savior is his willingness to share his power with us you know so in matthew 10 1 he says it says, and when he called unto him his 12 disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. And I know that the, the prophet has really concentrated this last three or four years on helping us to understand that we have access to his power and he's so willing to, to give it to us, to help us and to draw on that power to 
get rid of the adversary, to get rid of our fear, to to help enable us to be more like him. And I love that thought that he's so willing to share that power with us. Thank you so much. Raquel, how about you? Anything you'd like to end with? Wow. I love that. Knowing that we do have access to his power. And also President Nelson also said to expect miracles and notice them, pray for them, expect them. I'm like, wow. Okay. So I, I think that's our invitation to really tap into our divine power that we have within us. And that is really being magnified at this time to combat the adversary and to help save souls. And it's a great work. And Jesus does love all of us. And it's, you know, powerful to know that, you know, we aren't alone. And, you know, he's always there for us. And we have friends and family and teams that help us to be able to make it through. Thank you. I think I'll just close with Elder Uddorf's words. You can build a joyful, happy life because Jesus Christ is your strength. You can find confidence, peace, safety, happiness, and belonging now and eternally because you will find all of it in Jesus Christ, in his gospel, and in his church. So those are some reasons we feel that Christ is our captain, our best coach, our best life mentor. And we hope that you feel that way and that you desire that. And we would love to help you learn some tools that make it easier to recognize when the adversaries at work in your life and to kick him out and to bring the spirit back into your life so that you can feel closer to Christ and feel able to draw upon his power. So. Thank you for being with us. We are so grateful that you listen here and we're grateful for all the things that we have learned and we'd love to share them. So check us out at, what's the website, Markel? Where do they go? So it's the podcast, the Like Dragons Did They Fight podcast, which I think we can get on Anchor and Spotify and maybe somewhere else. The coaches page, the coaches page on lifechangingservices.org is where you'll find us specifically if they need it. Yes. And see, we all need a team so we can do this all. So yeah, join us. Thanks for being with us and happy December, everyone. Thank you for listening. As you can see, we are very enlisted in what we have learned and hope to teach. If you have found today's message inspiring, please share this podcast with family and friends so others can enjoy and be edified along with us. Be sure to download the free book that holds all the core principles behind what we teach. This book is called Like Dragons Did They Fight. You will find a link for that free download at Like Dragons Free. And remember, you can find all the life-changing resources, programs, and trainings needed for you and your family at lifechangingservices.org.